But the reality is that for a lot of these jobs, it is it requires basic skills. And um, the America Succeeds organization has put together a listing of skills that everybody needs. And, and they refer to them as durable skills. And I love that. It's, you know, basic communication, uh, working well in groups, showing up on time, understanding. I, one of my, you know, big things right now is understanding the importance of refinement and quality, but not to the extent that it inhibits the progress that you have to make. And I think that's one of the hardest things to learn. Yeah. And it, and it varies depending on what you're doing. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Glad you could join us again. Hope you're having a great week and, and uh, enjoying the, the wind down of the summer as we all move into fall. My guest today is Franny Matthews, and Franny is the president and CEO of the Colorado Technology Association. We'll find out in a bit about what that's all about. Franny, welcome to the show. Thank you, Paul. It's great to be here. How are you today? I am great. It's a beautiful, fallish day here in Colorado, and I'm having a great day. Great. And where, where in Colorado are you located? Just in the suburbs of Denver. So just a tenth of a mile from Denver proper. Great, great. Yeah. With a name like uh, Colorado Technology Association, probably a good bet that you're in Colorado. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> good. Well, we can abbreviate it CTA. I've heard it many times. Abbreviated CTA uh, might make us a little easier if, that, if that's okay. That's fine. So tell us, what, what, is, what is the Technology Association, the CTA? Well, the Technology Association, I put it very succinctly. We're here to ensure that we've got a thriving and inclusive tech-based economy. And why that's personally important to me is that tech is ubiquitous. And so it goes across all industries and it also creates well-paying jobs. And we know it's going to be a growth industry. So it's very important for our communities that we have uh, all the elements that make us thrive in this arena. Yeah, yeah. And how long has, has it been in existence? Well, it's interesting. We've been around since uh, 1994. And uh, we were started by a small group of business people who were in technology, specifically in the software group uh, arena, and found that it was difficult sometimes for a small software entity to really scale. And so they brought the community together and worked uh, in policy, you know, as I said, bringing the community together and making Colorado be better known as a tech-centric place to live. Yeah, I, boy, I, I, that echoes so strongly with me. Uh, when I joined Sophion, I was uh, came in as the as the CTO, and the company didn't have a presence in America, and of course. I was the one through business relationships. I knew the chairman, so they, they 
brought me in, wanted to have a, a presence in America, wanted to have an American CTO, right? This is all in 1999, right? And you know where technology was going before before the bubble crashed. And the challenge I had to, to answer to was why Colorado, right? Why Why not Boston? Why not San Francisco? Why not Silicon Valley, right? You know, it wasn't that hard for me to, to defend against it, but uh, we, we picked Colorado and it was mostly because I lived here, right? I mean, that's why Colorado, but, but it was a great place to be. And it was a great place to, 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 to grow our, our software development organization. It was just really a fun place to be. So I can really relate to what you were just saying about, especially in the early days of having to almost, uh, almost justify it as a place to do software development. That's right. And now, I, you know, we have all the elements that we need. One of the things is that we're, we are, in fact, a great place to live. And so we're attracting a lot of talent into the state because of the outdoor experience. We also have a phenomenal airport. And so uh, sometimes when I hear somebody th- saying, you know, why would we land in, in Denver? I, I'm thinking we've got all those great things. And I would be more thinking about these other areas of being flyover states for us. Right. There you go. And how did you come into the group? Well, I have been in technology for, oh gosh, 40 years. And I had been with IBM for 18 years. And in my role, I was the senior location executive for Denver and was on the board of Colorado Technology Association. So have been involved with the organization for a long time and really passionate about the mission. And when the opportunity presented itself, when the CEO position was open, I really thought, wow, that is something that I wouldn't have thought I would do. But the more I thought about it, the more I was interested in it. And so I just celebrated my fourth uh, anniversary with Colorado Technology Association, and I'm having a blast. We're growing. We, I think, did a really good service for the community during the pandemic when people were not gathering. It required us to change our entire business model, but we stood up 150 big and small programs to keep the community energized and knowledgeable on on what was going on yeah i mean okay you join one year kind of getting your 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 feet underneath you and then bang covid everything shut down that had to be crazy a crazy ride (laughs) in into and out of it. it it was uh one of the things that really motivates me is the is working with the team and on uh march 13th when we went home in 2020 I said, we're about to take a ride that you will never forget. And when you, you know, I'm assuming you'll stay with CTA for the next decade, but when you leave and you have an interview, you're going to be able to talk about what we did. And I, I set the tone for that before we did it. So we, we had a kind of a mantra that we just drove our shoulder into it. We'd figure out what needed to be done and we'd just figure it out. And I think everybody on the team felt like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And, and, and the same for every, every, every person working in technology, uh, went through that same transformation. Their company went through the transformation. Individually, they went through the transformation. So yeah, I mean, 
we all have a, some great stories to write. I agree. And I also think that the technologists were the great heroes on keeping the economy going, getting people into an environment where they could work safely from home and securely from home. And I think a lot of the technology-focused individuals were used to having a hybrid environment. So they were well-positioned and it worked out fine. Yeah. I mean, a tremendous amount of innovation, both in technology and business models, in in development processes, uh, data, just a, a lot of innovation happened in two years. Yeah, really amazing. Yeah. So, so uh, how many, how big is the group now? It's, I know you focused on tremendous uh, efforts in really growing it over the last four years. How big are you now? How many, how many uh, members do we have? How many members? Yeah. Yeah. Almost 400. Now, most of those are, are corporate. We do have some individual memberships, but it's mostly companies that have, that are beginning to scale and very large companies. And so, yeah, I, I, and I, this may change in the future. We don't do a lot of work with, you know, one or two people that are starting a company, mostly because they need more time and more capital. And we don't provide either one of those things. <laughs> we pro- provide connections. So when right. uh, companies are starting to scale and really looking at the top line revenue organically growing, uh, CTA is a fabulous model. That's and the four the four hundred companies. That's that's uh, nothing to shy away from. That's that's a big number. So that's really cool. Yeah, and about fifty percent of our members are uh, headquartered in Colorado. Okay, understood. Yeah. So, what are the problems you're hearing now? When you when you think about your community, uh, what are the issues that they're struggling with today? Well, the Biggest is the skills gap. Uh, and I could say talent, but the reality is that we just don't have enough people that have the skills that are required for today and in the future. And so there's a, we're doing a lot of effort around enabling on-ramps for technology, uh, people to get into technology. And we're, we're doing it on both long and short-term basis. So long-term is getting underrepresented individuals that may not even know what's available in tech from a career perspective, understanding where they could go. And then we're also supporting on-ramps to a technology career. So not necessarily a four-year degree, although big believer in four-year degrees, there's a lot of ways to get certificates or boot camp through boot camps or apprenticeship programs that allow you to get in, get a feel for this expansive industry, and then figure out where you want to go in it. Okay. Okay. That's a challenge, right? There's not enough four-year degree candidates out there and they're hard to get. And I know for, for years now, we've been talking about these models of, does it make sense? Can we hire people? And with the certifications. Uh, so I, I like that model personally. When I was talking to somebody years ago about it, the response was, yeah, but universities enable you to do a certain type of thinking. Uh, maybe a critical thinking was not the word the person used. I forget. And I was like, 
Maybe. I don't know how I felt about that. Have you heard that angle or that pushback on it? Sure. You know, when you look at uh, what it takes to get a four-year degree, you certainly have an opportunity to explore a lot of different avenues. And critical thinking would be one of those things that, you know, you come out with because you've had a diverse experience, hopefully, in the in the four years. Uh, it also shows stick to itness on being able to get get to the end. But the reality is that for a lot of these jobs, it is it requires basic skills. And um, the America Succeeds organization has put together a listing of skills that everybody needs. And, and they refer to them as durable skills. And I love that. It's, you know, basic communication, uh, working well in groups, showing up on time understanding I, one of my you know big things right now is understanding the importance of refinement and quality but not to the extent that it inhibits the progress that you have to make and i think that's one of the hardest things to learn yeah and it and it varies depending on what you're doing and I'm not so sure the universities teach all those durable skills. Unless things have changed, it's been many years since I was in a university, but they didn't teach those things at the schools I went to. No, I think that I think when I was in school, you know, having roommates uh, taught me how to get along with people, right? Right. And uh, certainly, I had a marketing degree, and I certainly draw on that today not just in the marketing, but all the disciplines in business. I think that that was, has been very helpful. But there's lots of ways to get those, those skills. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about, at the higher level, this skills gap, it's a concept of having people, and it's a concept of having enough people, and then enough people with enough skills, right? It's a, it's a complex kind of, kind of thing that goes on there. Is that the only path is we're going to we're going to grab people and open it to have more people, whether they came university or not? Or is there more to it than that? Well, I think that from an employer perspective, it really requires that employers step back and figure out how do you attract the right talent? How do you get them on a path of curiosity and learning and how do you get the, you know, the ecosystem to work. And one of the things that I often say is that it's important to understand somebody's monetary needs and motivations. But I often think the next, what's the non-monetary? You know, how important is flexibility? Right. How important is culture and feeling of belonging? You know, all of those rather complicated issues are now going to define what organizations are successful and what who isn't. Because if you can't attract the vibrant talent, you're going to be behind the eight ball. One of the things that I see happening a lot is that you'll get good talent, almost the unicorn that has, you know, seven years experience in a discipline and, you know, has all the durable skills required and just wonderful. And then not provide support and they wind up working below their skill level, you won't retain them. 
because they'll it's their livelihood and they if they don't keep their saw sharp it they're not going to be successful that's an interesting perspective i didn't think about that you know i was talking to one of our team leaders in in sophion a month or two ago about his shift and how they've shifted from all being in the same office right where it's one set of culture, you just you just kind of happens, and now there's there. We went uh, fully remote, as many companies did, and we haven't gone back to the office. You know, we had people move, and we still want to keep them in the company, but they might be on the western slope. So, a bit of a commute for those who don't know what I mean. It's it's the other side of Colorado, and he was talking about bringing new people onto the team and and how he does it, and he was saying, you know, it's really important that. You reach out to these people, you communicate with them, you no question is a stupid question. You really because if you if you make somebody feel bad for asking a question, they're never gonna ask a question again. I said, Wow, where did you learn all these skills of, of bringing a team together and organizing a team? And he told me I learned them in I learned them in the military. I thought, wow, that's something. He says, Basically, that's what we did in, in the Marines. We would have to bring a team of people together and they've got to know each other. They've got to have each other's back. They got to work together. They got to trust each other. And I thought, yeah, there are all these things now that are so important in terms of bringing people in and making them, making them productive. So once you find somebody, uh, you, you got to keep them. Yeah. Yeah. And 18 years at IBM, I worked out of my house. And it was a transition. I, I remember early on, it was, you know, probably six months where you really felt like you were hitting your total groove. But it's very difficult to get people back, going back into the office after they've worked from home and they've got the rhythm of working from home. Yeah. You know, we do two days a week because our team is so integrated in with each other that. FaceTime is really, really critical. And it's easy for us to do it because we're in a metropolitan area that, you know, it's not a big deal. Right, uh, I also right. find that the newer employees, uh, like your story about how do you bring people in, our newer employees really crave uh, that FaceTime. Ah, nice. Yeah. Just to get a sense of, uh, get get the foundation of the of the organization. Right. Right, right. And and do you hear that echo when you think about your, your members, the, the 400 members? Where are they at in that transition? I mean, everybody was forced to be remote. You know, you read the stories of companies like Apple and they're getting a lot of resistance to try to bring people back. But they know for innovation in that company, it's key that they have people in the same room. What are you hearing across your 400 members on this? Is everybody kind of doing their own thing or is it 90% or back to the office or where are we at with that? I would say that it's we're in transition as a community, that everybody is trying to figure out what the right number is. Productivity is really important. And if working remotely has thwarted that and it's being seen at a macro level, you know, organizations are ha asking people to come back in at least part time. So it, I think it's hard to say, and it depends on the type of work that's being done. But you brought up a really good point. I personally find it incredibly hard to ideate with a team in a digital kind of environment. I it, That face-to-face, -face, there's something... And maybe it's old school, but there's something about 
a whiteboard, you know, no dumb answers and getting stuff up on the board, no editing. You know, we we use we have used tools that give you that facsimile, but it's really not the same as that that room. Right. There's somebody next to you and, and you, you have a point you want to make and you sort of bring it out a little bit and you're reading the room, you're feeling the room and saying, yeah, this is a safe. I'm going to keep going with my concept. Or you're immediately saying, no, you know what? This is, this isn't resonating. It can kind of change your, you get that feeling that you don't get uh, digitally, which is, is I think a challenge we all have. I was just going to say that sometimes when you're in the room, it's what's not being said. You kind of, when, yeah. when you look across the room and somebody's got like just a flat look on their face, it's like, okay, maybe that was a dumb idea. Maybe we're boring them, <laughs> whatever it is. How right, do we get correct. everybody in? And if you don't like that idea, what's a better one? You know, that's right. That's right. And, and making a safe place to have that conversation. And I, I, I wrote down because you said productivity. I think that is something that a lot of companies are trying to measure. But creativity is the other side of it. Right. So you can be very productive and have no creativity and you can be very creative and you can't get anything done with it. I think it's that balance that we're we're all seeking. Well, you know, we uh, at CTA, we have gone to use the entrepreneurial operating system. Uh, if you're familiar with the book Traction. No, tell me about that. Yeah. It's fascinating. Gina Wickman wrote a book called Traction, and it brings a lot of concepts together that are not new necessarily, but it's very structured. And so you've got your mission, you've got your values at the high end, and you drill down to basically a seven-day to-do list. And that has been very helpful on keeping us structured and moving, you know, toward the productivity. One of the things that they talk about is the visionary and then the integrator. And I tend to be the creative visionary that loves process. So I call myself a visionary with the feet on the ground. And uh, Monica, our COO, is the integrator. And she will move through the operational side. And so we're kind of uh, two in a box. And so I wholeheartedly agree with you. You can get a lot of stuff done. There is just not going the right direction. It's boring. It's not innovative. And then you can also have all the creativity in the world. But if it's chaotic, you'll never get it to market. Well, this has been a great discussion, Franny. I really, really have enjoyed this. Where do you see the CTA going? Well, the world is our oyster. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. I, you know, we, we did well uh, over the last four years, and now we're at the point where we can really innovate. And we're looking at where do we spend time to expand the impact of the organization, you know, and we have lots of options. I would like to get stronger geographically across the state. I would uh, like to continue to do more meaningful and scaled activities around the talent issues. And I'd like to do affinity uh, groups. So we bring people together that are working in like disciplines so that they can share ideas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've uh, seen a couple of these um, collab environments, you know, I've seen it where they just, 
it's a whole building and it's got a lot of little companies in it and they're all but they're by being co-located there's a level of innovation also that they they have right they just meet each other in the uh, these facilities have events that bring the companies together and things like that um what do you think about those models oh i you know, i like them a lot i'm a believer that we're all i guess at some level competing for our space in the market but the reality is collaboration is so much more powerful in a growth mindset let's figure out how we make everybody better how do we find ways of partnering rather than you know looking at a competitive environment because i think that's truly what brings an ecosystem together for growth is that collaborative mindset and fortunately in colorado we're known for that yeah yeah so that ecosystem promoting that ecosystem is is a big part of i think what what you guys do and and uh like i said i've been been, been following you for a long as long as i've been in colorado it's kind of fun to to see uh where you're going with it where you've been and where you're going any final comment you would make to, let's see, our listener might be somebody who's managing an innovation team, struggling with finding the right resources, struggling with half the team being on the digital side and half the team being on the physical side. What advice would you give to, to somebody like that? Oh, boy, that's a tough question. I would say um, the first thing is knowing what your you know, your top talent, what's important to them. Really true. Don't, don't assume what's important. Figuring out what's important through really good communication is critically important. Those individuals who are happy in your organization are your best recruiters. And uh, so, you know, really looking to build a, an environment where people can learn and grow and feel like they belong, I think is more important now than it's ever been. Yeah, that's great. That, I, I think that's an excellent, excellent answer. And don't assume you know what the top talent uh, is, impo- what is important. I think that's, I think that's excellent. I, I've seen so many mistakes that a top talent leaves because nobody really asked them what they wanted to do. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I'm also a big believer in that uh, first line manager. That is the key position. And you've got to support them with leadership development uh, Mm -hmm. because that individual is going to make or break a lot of organizations. Right. Right. So don't just put somebody in and say, good luck. Right. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Doesn't work that way. (laughs) Well, Franny, this has been a great discussion. Uh, if people want to find out more about the, uh, the 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 group you're in, or you know, where, where how do they follow what you're doing? Obviously, you've got a website. We do have a website that is coloradotechnology.org. We also are on LinkedIn, uh, and we post a lot of our activities on LinkedIn, and you can find right. us through Colorado yeah. Technology Association. Uh, we do a little bit of Twitter. We do a little bit of Facebook. We do a little bit of Instagram. But I'd say LinkedIn is our primary platform for social. Great, great. And you're active there as well if somebody wants to re- reach out directly to you. I, I you so. bet. We'll put links to all those places in show notes. So if people, uh, they're driving, they don't have to remember it. Just just look at the show notes. They'll be there. Well, Franny, I really enjoyed our chat. Thanks for stopping by. And uh, let's keep in touch. All right.
Good to see you, Paul. Have a, have a great fall as we get into the fall season. Thank you. You too. And to you, our listeners, I, I hope you enjoyed that. It was great to talk to somebody who's kind of a magnet in a community at the center of innovation, who's got her finger on the pulse of the challenges that companies have and, and some of the ideas that she shared with us of things to, things to do to be more successful at building teams, keeping teams, being productive, being innovative. So uh, that was a great discussion. I'm sure glad uh, that Freddie stopped by. I wish you all a great week ahead. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.